Wow, it's been an amazing service so far. Uh, let's give a round of applause to those teens with the courage to step on the stage and serve God with the full hearts. So, good morning, family, friends, and guests. My name is Jason Solomon. I'm a senior at Chatsworth High School, and, <laughs> and I've been a disciple for almost two years now. And I've been given the privilege of being able to preach this beautiful morning on our team-led service to you. Before we start, I would like to address some thoughts that uh, might be running around your mind, and that is, why are there a couple of teens coming on the stage and telling me I need God in my life? And uh, I really want to ask you to open your minds and your hearts for something you don't normally get, and that's a new perspective that we don't always get from our usual services. And maybe just maybe one of the points that is shared today will change your life for God. And as we all know, every life changed for God here is another person we see in heaven. And isn't that the ultimate goal? So before we start off with the scriptures, let's begin with the word of prayer. Please bow your heads. Dear Father, I just want to thank you for the opportunity for all of us to come here and just be able to have another breath of life, God, and just thank you for just all your love and your mercy and just being there for us when we need you, God. Um, I hope that coming from a different source that the people can get it through their hearts and just let it be open towards us, God, as teens, God. And uh, I just thank you for the opportunity just for all of us being able to have great things in our lives and you just being there for us when we just want you and need you and just always in there for us, God. And uh, in your son's name I pray, amen. amen. So as we know, the theme of our service today is, why are you here? And that can be a very big subject to focus on. So I'm going to simplify it into, why are you here at church now? Now I know for some of us, it might be because we were brought up in the church and so every Sunday we were told to come. Or maybe just because your friend invited you and you didn't want to say no. Or my favorite, because you were forced to. But I believe everyone in here has made a decision to be here because either from a mustard seed or a mountain size, they know God is real and have their own beliefs about him. Now I want to speak to the people who are the regular churchgoers from our church, sister churches, or just go to church. And I want to ask you a question. Are you really 100% there and vested? Or are you thinking, I go to church events and services, and I'm relatively a good person, so I'm okay with God and better than a person that doesn't do these things and lives in constant sin? Well, I'm sorry, church, but I have to tell you, that's false. And actually, I want to bring up a story from the Bible. It's in Acts 9, if we can all turn our Bibles there. And it's about Saul's conversion story. And it's an amazing story from beginning to end. It's just about a drastic change in the life of a man that was a terrible person and became a disciple of God and an apostle. So in Acts 9, verse 1, it reads, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. Now, in this scripture, it shows how determined Saul was to persecute and destroy the lives of Christians, even knowing about God. And it was the way he was brought up in the way of thinking that was implanted in his mind from a young age. Such as how our world makes us believe the things we know is wrong now, okay for our generation to come. 
such as self-gratification, lying, cursing, and even impurity. And as Saul was doing these things, he thought it was the right action to take in his mind because the world corrupts the morals and pureness that is naturally set inside of us. It isn't until he was truly humbled and showed God's power and mercy that he knew the real truth and changed his life. So let's continue on in reading in verse 3 of Acts 9. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. Now, I really brought this story up because as he knew about Jesus and his teachings, he really didn't know God. And until he actually repented and made that 480-degree turn away from sin and towards our Father. He wasn't saved by going 160 or 200 degrees because as they do start off going the same way, they ultimately stray off and do not reach the same end point. And this is how he did it. Let's go to verse 20, please. Say amen when you're there. <laughs> At once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, Isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call in this name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. In these verses, it just shows the complete change of heart that Saul had and how he became the man of God that he should be. He didn't worry about trivial things such as how people perceive him or how he felt about past actions. He went with a full-serving heart and made known that Jesus is the Savior. Through trial and tribulation, it's a really neat thing. And what I respected about Saul and the reason I wanted to have his story spread today was really just because if a man at the point of his life who truly believed he was doing the right thing, persecuting and killing God's people, but learning the actual truth about God turned away from that life and became one of them, what does that say for us? As we have heard the truth, now are we willing to change, to turn away and walk away from our sinful, worldly lives? Are we? Now, as we reach near the end, I would like to share my connection with Saul, and I felt I connected with Saul's story, not as extreme, obviously, but in certain aspects, and if you can relate, I grew up a kingdom kid. For those who don't know, it's someone who grows up in the church. And although technically learning about God and Jesus and their teachings my whole life, I didn't know God. I knew about him, but I didn't know him. And I, <laughs> I didn't follow his teachings as well, you know. Uh, I definitely lived a secret life. Uh, I came to church on Sundays and sometimes midweek. But during the week and Saturday, I do reckless and unwise things with my friends that just caused me to feel bad about myself at times because I knew it wasn't actually right. I even made fun of how the people at church acted and thought they were weird. Please forgive me, church. <laughs> um, I don't think that it was until 
my first camp that I really knew that God was real. And I felt his love and I realized, why am I living the way I am? And that's when I decided to change my life for him. And not to worry about the things the world pressures us into thinking. But first, I had to ask myself that question. Before making my decision to be baptized and follow the path he has set out for me to see him in heaven. And that was, why am I here? Now, my answer to that question was, to know God. And now, I go to so many church events, even ones I'm not even invited to, as some of you may know. Um, And now I'm the weird one at church, and glad to be, because it's for my Father in heaven. And so the big question that's asked today, that I want you to really think about, not just in your minds, but your soul and hearts too, is why are you here? And is it to know God? Or do you still think you're here because it was out of your control? Because trust me, the instant gratification you maybe get from sin now is not worth the eternal happiness we get in obeying God. I want to thank you for this opportunity, church, and I hope you get something from it. Now I'd like to introduce a great man and my brother in Christ, C.J. Lopez, for the second part of our lesson. Let's give him a warm welcome. Listen, Jason, again. Good morning, church. My name is CJ Lopez. And today I really want to talk about what it means in, in making God known in your life. Whether it's through the friendships, God has really made himself known in my life through the, the friendships I've had. Whether it's at school, whether it's at church, and it's family. You know, family's really helped me a lot. And actually, two years ago... Uh, our family moved from Cambodia to here. It was my first time going to high school out here, so at that time I was like, oh man, what's going to happen? I was super scared, I was super nervous, I really didn't know what to expect. So I think going to high school, um, there, was a, there were friends from church I went to the same high school, but at that time I really chose to separate myself away from them my sophomore year, and that really hurt me. Um, and I think through that, I really was searching for just friends, other friends in the world, other friends at school. And I chose friends that, weren't, that were very unwise. Um, a lot of my friends, they, they smoked, they drank, they went to parties. And it was a bunch of just impure things. And I really surrounded myself around that. And that really hurt me. And I, in high school, I was just really searching for my, for my own identity. I wanted to figure out what I wanted to be, who I wanted to be in the future, who I wanted to be with in the future. Um, and I was looking for just security. I think it's really important in choosing the right friends. You know, at school, my plan, my plan was to separate myself from the church and just go with the, the flow at school. Let's, let's see what the Bible says about plans. Let's please turn to Jeremiah 29, 11 to 13. Say amen when you're there. So in Jeremiah 29, 11 to 13, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. 
You know, growing up as a kid, um, I read the scripture multiple times. I was kind of confused of what it meant that God had a plan for you. And I'm super thankful for I'm super thankful that God has put specific friends in my life to help me understand what's, what God's love is and plan for me. You know, growing up, um, I don't know if you guys know this, but growing up, I really wanted to be a model. Um, <laughs> and I'm keeping it real, you know. <laughs> so my uncle was a model. Um, he's actually a professional model. I thought that was really cool. So I was like, man, I'm going to be a model. Um, you know, that. They get money, get your money. Um, they, they look good. You know, I was like, oh, this is going to be me. I'm going to have fun. It's going to be fun. But, you know, reaching only 5'9", I had to really reevaluate myself <laughs> of planning of becoming a model because, uh, yeah, you have to be kind of tall and I'm kind of short. But anyways, yeah, but I realized for the first time that, that in my life, I understood, I understood that God had a bigger plan for me. And not to be a model of myself, but a model for Jesus. You know, choosing the right friends isn't easy, but choosing the right friends in my life helped me understand why am I in Granada Hills Charter High School? Why am I a senior? Why am I alive today? And that is to make God known. Please turn with me to Proverbs thirteen twenty. Say amen when you're there, please. It says... He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. You know, when you surround yourself with people that don't have the same belief, it can really take a toll on your conviction, and it, really bring, it can really bring you down and not be the best influence. And I think for me coming here for the first time as a sophomore, I really chose that path, and it really affected me in my, my sophomore year. But it's really important to find friends that will be there to, to help you no matter what. I realized that working towards building my relationship with others, with other people in the church, helped me so much. You know, for example, there's Gary Smith, there's Nate, there's Joan, there's Jason, there's Kenny, there's Aaron, there's Chandler. There's all these guys that have just been there for me. And one thing I really appreciate about all of them is that we keep each other accountable. And we got each other's backs. And accountability and purity and purpose, because if we do this, we bring out the best in each other to become models for Jesus. So choosing the right friends that will influence you to become more like Jesus. How do we do that? We have to identify and invest. When you identify, you got to ask yourself, do your friends bring you closer or farther from God? And when you invest, you gotta, you got to spend time, take time, grab coffee, grab a meal, and just hang out. You know, it's during these moments is when you start getting to know each other. You get, you know, you get getting to know your, what you're, how you're really doing at home, school, and work. To identify and invest is crucial to building strong friendships with, uh, with others and God. So guys, why are we here? God loves you and God has an incredible plan for you. I really hope that the points that Jason and I shared help you grow in your relationship with God. Thank you for allowing Jason and I to share God's word with you.